around 55. It might go up. Yeah, that's fine. Fucking thing. <laughs> right, so it's on. We've begun. We've started. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. For the second time. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, just working. What you been doing? PhD, writing, teaching. Um, so it's like as well, just like reflecting, really. Um, just bring it a bit closer. Yeah, yeah. sure. I think like since the like the start of the year I've just been just re- more like aware of m- myself and um just trying to like d- develop myself <laughs> <laughs> sorry just keep it like right yeah. like almost touching it it's clean I, I do wash them yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> um but yeah that's what I've been doing, just focusing on myself. Yeah. How's your PhD coming along? Yeah. Where, whereabouts are you? Um, I've written an, about 20,000 words. Jeez. Yeah, in the space of a year, which I'm quite happy with. Um, so I've nearly finished the literature uh, review. Uh, for those of you listening, it's on ayahuasca. So I'm looking at it from spiritual uh, and transpersonal psychological perspectives. Um, and yeah, so I've just got ethics initially approved. Um, so yeah, just making changes on that and then ready to collect data after Easter. So you're full-time, right? Part, well, part-time, part-time PhD, PhD. yeah. But I, I treat it like full-time. Yeah, yeah. So what what is your, what are you looking at then? Just so this can be a standalone cause for people that haven't heard the first time you were on, which was the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what are you doing with your life? With my life, <laughs> <laughs> with your PhD. Oh. What, what are you what are you researching? Uh, so I'm researching um, ayahuasca. It's a hallucinogenic drug from originated in from South America. Um, sort of dated back to sort of the time of pre-Columbian times back when uh, South America was uh, colonized by sort of Western powers. Um, so it's dated back as far as then. It's always remained a kind of a, a unique cultural heritage within particularly Brazil and Peru. It's basically this hallucin- uh, spiritual hallucinogenic drink uh, where after you drink it you have Mm. a profound spiritual experience most people uh, come in contact with mother nature um, contact guardian angels experience mind-to-mind telepathy with other people drinking it and a lot of people have um, very therapeutic and and healing experiences from it Uh, people have reported um drops in uh, rates of depression uh, harmful addictions anxiety and it's on you know on the most part it's been ignored by mainstream science and media and only in the last 10 years psychedelic research as a whole has become uh, sort of re-emerged in the scientific field and 
for me, I just I just saw a, the perfect opportunity to jump onto the the psychedelic bandwagon, the the second psychedelic renaissance. Um, obviously, back in the the sixties and seventies, you know, it was the time of love and peace and you know free parties. But now, um, the difference is is that the scientific community is actually starting to take these things very seriously and not not treat them as um you know i don't know just some kind of uh something to do on the weekends but rather this has massive not only clinical but political implications and and religious implications um why do you think it was ignored then why why do you think this psychedelics (laughs) to be honest from my understanding it the blame is the u.s government it was Nixon, the, the Nixon administration, right? Yeah, and it was even after that the the CIA shut down all research laboratory uh, labs across the US in the sixties and seventies, study studying things like LSD and psilocybin, and the CIA made uh, those hallucinogens Class A drugs on 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 the basis that they are dangerous and harmful to individuals, um, and then. Really, after that, I mean, there was also the the whole MK Ultra thing that went on. So the CIA actually, well, covertly started giving, um, you know, just normal civilians LSD and the, and then observing the effects. And this is just has happened. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's, oh no! I mean, real. this is you know the the Information Act would allow you to to access that classified information um so they'd what like pick a village or pick a little town and then introduce it to the water supply i mean see what happened i'm not sure there are conspiracy theories about water supplies but yeah it's even things like just spiking someone's drink or they've done some experiments where they had people um come in you know they they asked these participants to come into a lab the participants didn't know what was going on got them into flotation tanks and gave them lsd and again Probably not a good idea. <laughs> Your first flotation tank to be an LSD. Yeah. That's probably not the best it's thing for brain. Sensory deprivation and sensory overstimulation is not a good mix. No. Um, so that's... Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was also... There was a few cases of uh, some people were reported to jump out of windows on LSD and other people... Um, were reported to develop like psychosis and really negative you know so as well there was also links with schizophrenia and psychedelic usage and uh, even though they were very rare cases the media portrayed them to be are those links founded though are those links yeah can those links be established now yeah they can be um i'm not gonna sit here and say oh no lsd can't um, give you schizophrenia or psychosis because there are there are correlations mm. but having said that that is it all comes down to set and setting if you have a positive mindset and a, a positive setting people there to support you 99.9% of the time you're going to have a positive or even not if it's positive but at least a learning experience and again like the, there was I think um I don't know who told me this but there was a girl who who she attended a festival and she took LSD and she fell in into uh, basically mud 
and while well, she was tripping LSD and then from that she developed psychosis but it was only because she had a traumatic experience whilst taking LSD I think people were pushing her and shoving her so again it comes down perhaps where she was it wasn't the right setting for her to take it but then you can't know that it's not the drug that caused that I guess can you mm-hmm. you can't establish you can't say that uh, it's because she had a negative experience while using the drug that caused the psychosis or whether the drug just would have done that whether she had sure. people around her or not and there are genetic studies to suggest that some people do have predispositions to developing schizophrenia and things like that and sometimes it just takes drug use to maybe trigger that but again it's correlational correlational does not mean cause and effect so you're right <laughs> yeah yeah i just wonder what held it back? Because obviously in the 60s, it, the Nixon administration originally targeted LSD and cannabis yeah, um, to sort of thwart political movements. So it was to stop the hippies, essentially, which was the LSD, and then the black community, which was at that time, I guess, associated, must have been associated with cannabis for them to have attacked yeah, it. Yeah, the Black yeah. Panther movement and, and that kind of... Yeah, cannabis and crime. Yeah, it was... They would tie those things together in order to sort of pick on certain races, I guess, or certain movements like the hippies. Yeah, when was it? Do you know much about the history of LSD in this country? Um, do you mean the the chemistry of it or the usage of it? The usage and sort of why it was illegal here. Or what? when was it illegal here? Was it always controlled? I mean... U.S. policies, not and obviously not in every case, but the U.K. kind of has a tendency to to reflect the U.S.'s. We seem to on on the big decisions like that. We seem to follow the U.S. And I wish they'd follow them with weed. Sorry, I wish they'd follow them with weed. <laughs> yeah, so do I. That would make a lot of sense. Well, you know, a bit of a side comment, but I was just saying to my friend like the other day, like. It's just so easy to go into a post office and buy a pack of twenties. If you if you want to get get hold of weed, it's actually a massive effort. I don't know. About I mean, you. if you're if you're like a nice person, never been in trouble, never done anything, you're gonna have to engage with some criminal element in order to get weed. That's yeah. the, that's the problem. So if you're like a little old lady, I'm sure your drug dealer is gonna be perfectly nice because you're a little old lady, but mm. you're going to have to engage with some sort of underbelly yeah, in order to get what's essentially pain medication for some people. Unless you grow it yourself. Unless you can, you know, farm yourself. But, um, but yeah, there, there is definitely, I mean, with LSD, with cannabis, and again, these these things are so uh, complicated to, to try and simplify. Yeah. But um, there is definitely, and there has been, and there still is, but less of a culture of fear of, of these drugs, whether that's, that's through from the media and a mixture, politicians, the media, um, wives' tales. You know, for example, my mum, you know, just doesn't believe that weed is, you know, in any way beneficial and disagrees with it. You know, it's her opinion, and whatever evidence I give to her, it doesn't change her mind. She's still she's still anti weed. And it's kind of ingrained in that generation, isn't it? That yeah. it makes you lazy, or that it, or whatever. Which it can do, but it it's simply it's simply down to the user. That's with all hallucinogens. They are they are um, 
they are they can be or a metaphor is like they are what the telescope is for astron- astronomy or what the microscope is for biology as in like internal reflection yeah so psychological um it's like a t- psychological telescope almost so it's what you do with that information but then the, the materialists argue that that's all a it's all a hallucination mm-hmm. so whether it, it's not i don't know materialists would deny that it's like the, the like the telescope mm-hmm. and that it's not actually showing you anything that's there mm-hmm. whereas a telescope is mm-hmm. and that these experiences then, are actually just made up just brain chemistry but then the next question is if if that m- reductionist materialist view is correct then what is it showing us then just that these drugs do some crazy shit to our brain chemistry and make us see or feel or believe things. But then, if I was a, a, a you know, a full-on materialist, I'd be interested in underpinning the the neuropsychological and neurophysiological underpinnings of those experiences. And I, I don't think the materialists have actually made the same effort as, mm. as the dualists to su- to support their arguments they just say no it's a uh, you know hallucinations um mental you know mental disorders without you know and this is um trained psychiatrists clinical psychologists who come from that mainstream perspective Um, actually, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they have the answers all those things at the moment. But does anybody then? Because either way, I mean, at least that, if you follow that argument to its logical conclusion, yeah, it has one. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, all these experiences that you have, all these visions you've had, all this knowledge that you've gained about yourself, all of that mm-hmm. is all caused just by manipulating the chemistry in your brain Mm -hmm. you've not actually seen anything or felt anything that's real that's tangible and i understand obviously from people that have these experiences that it doesn't feel that way at all obviously Mm -hmm. you know you can attest to that it feels real Mm -hmm. you're actually experiencing these things Mm -hmm. 
But the argument that they would propose then is just that that's just what these drugs do. That's mm -hmm. what happens if you alter the chemistry in this way. Mm -hmm. You've not actually experienced this. You've not met God or Mother Nature or felt whatever. That's just, you know, humans work in archetypes mm -hmm. and we have these subconscious ideas and altering your brain chemistry in this way is just like a big dream. What if the psychedelic experience could both could is both explainable by the materialist and the non-dualist perspective could right it could get super duper weird and be like you move into another dimension where you access other stuff mm -hmm. a but parallel what, but what if it's that <laughs> and a hallucination at the same time so you're getting real knowledge but also hallucinating some groovy stuff and, and that you know and that can be if that was the case, I mean, this is <laughs> very theoretical, but it would be very hard to to separate the two if that was your position. No, no, I mean, like, brain scan technology wouldn't enable you to do that yet, mm -hmm. I guess. But that's why VR technology excites me. Yeah, me too. I'm very interested in... I was very interested in that God... the God helmet idea. Mm -hmm. Um because if you can have biological markers for especially for my research but with, with sort of change and this mm -hmm. growth and transformation that happens if you can have sort of if you can establish biological markers for those sorts of things for that change and that growth then you could cause it because right. you could find where it is so it would be like a high helmet mm -hmm. not the god helmet so you don't have this religious experience mm -hmm. but you could just sort of high I guess and if VR can same with you know David talked about uh, David Saunders talked about uh, causing lucid dreaming with VR mm -hmm. because it's a similar sort of experience potentially in terms of life changing mm -hmm. or whatever if you can cause that maybe you can cause a high or cause this profound spiritual experience that sure. drugs give you but my argument VR. would be the best way to do it is to take some shit route one <laughs> that's it yeah um, that's it's a very deliberate way to have that experience mm -hmm. you're not gonna meet God by accident if you take LSD you sort of know what's gonna happen mm -hmm. right you don't unless really never, know unless you've never taken it yeah you don't really know but yeah but you know something's gonna be different yep you know for sure just, I, just I, that is still an expectation yeah. yeah just by watching films or by listening to anybody talk like I've never taken LSD I know if I took LSD, something would be different in my experience. I wouldn't just be casually here, fine, seeing things the way I think I see them now. No. I I think for a lot of people who take LSD for the first time, it um, and for me anyway, it surprises you. It, you there's just certain things you experience where you think, wow, that's not even possible, or... Like seeing, and you talked about like words falling off pages and loads of things. Picture frames moving. But even the the complexity of your thoughts amplifies. Your thoughts amplify. It's almost as if you can hear your thoughts. Do you like, feel smarter? Yeah. Like, I, but more so than you do with weed. I would say on LSD, maybe because I'm a psychologist. But for me, when I'm on LSD, I actually feel like a scientist. You feel I, like you I understand feel, the world. Yeah, and I. I start um I start thinking things and coming to logical conclusions yeah. in really elaborate 
and novel ways. Um, and I feel like even I, under LSD for me, I, I was doing like experiments with it. I was literally carrying out or trying to do it. I know it was just for my subjective awareness, but I was carrying out experiments with my with this under this drug and <laughs> things were happening. Like I said, I always say to people when you take LSD, if you have a, a you know, a good I'd say a representative trip of it and again it comes down to individual opinion but I genuinely feel like when I'm on LSD I'm encountering real magic that is not accessible via sober means um, like even like this a huge um, a luminous green portal opened up in my bedroom and all these beautiful colors that i've never even seen like just the, the the shininess of them and the i haven't got the words to describe the sounds colors. like a rick and morty episode <laughs> with the thing the portal gun yeah it was uh something something similar to that and um but you see when the danger is then the second you use language like that about portals or dimensions or anything like that people instantly are like oh, okay whatever he's a whack mm-hmm or you know they think it's the hallucination, but the I thing mean, about the thing about the being I would feeling smarter and your thoughts moving quicker, mm-hmm. like I mean that's what I mean when I said like is that more so than than that happens with weed because that also happens with cannabis for a yeah. lot of people it's, um, depending on the strain you feel smarter or you you feel like you understand the world and yeah. yourself better and thoughts happen really really quick and I always just think wow is this how like is this how Elon Musk feels. <laughs> so it's like his brain's just moving so much quicker. I just get things quicker. I understand what people mean yeah. quicker. I mean, yes, yesterday I was that high. I was high yesterday. And, yeah, I was observing how I think and my the flow of my thoughts. Yeah. I was always in a half meditation state for a few minutes. Yeah. And I think weed, it's like an intuitive sense that you just have an intuitive sense for the world and for people. And then your thoughts kind of... Makes you kinder. Definitely, yeah. With LSD, it's it's not that. And again, it's trying to find the the language to even describe it. But yeah, the best word I can use is it's an amplification of thoughts, um, a greater complexity of thoughts that, for me personally, I've never been able to even tap into. Right. You know, there's a, you know the old wives tale that... 10% of your brain that you that you access blah, blah blah on LSD it feels like your brain is working overtime and your your taste is connected with your sense of sound your uh, you know this is called synesthesia yeah. your memory is connected to uh, your vision and it's almost like and there has been real experiments shown that people on, on these psychedelics have increased synesthetic experiences so a uh, um, there's even been like neurological studies to show like multiple activations of brain areas under LSD. That's what's interesting. If several people have the same sorts of things, mm-hmm. and there are the same kinds of things people experience with with LSD, for example, so people will report the same thing. So pictures move in, or colours mm-hmm. brighter or more vivid. And with weed and cannabis, obviously the one would be you know things, music sounds better, things feel better when you touch them food whatever everything feels better you just feel this sense of happiness and people report the same people report the same things oh um i'll make a comparison so 
on weird you you can have a shower and have the most amazing hot shower it may only be for five minutes and it, it felt like an hour amazing you can you feel every drop of water it feels like you're in the amazon <laughs> in a waterfall literally you feel you just feel at one um on lsd it was raining outside uh, on top of my house and i could feel the rain as if so I, as if you were hearing the rain and we were feeling it it was almost as if i had a conscious i it's almost as if i could feel the rain falling on the house as if i was part of the house i could actually feel it That's so weird <laughs> it was up on at the top of the house yeah I, it was as if it was if, is your hearing sort of more is it better do you feel like your senses are stronger? I would say your hearing is so much better that it's almost like you're tapping into a different frequency of sound. It's 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 almost like an alien. It's very type. odd. Yeah, and we know nothing really, do we? I mean, even like one of the most beautiful sounds I've ever heard was on LSD, listening to birds flying and and um, you know making the sounds they do. It was just such a. Um, I can't explain it. It was the most beautiful sound, but it was amplified on the LSD yeah. to a crazy level. What's the um? What would be the natural equivalent of LSD in terms of the chemistry? Because obviously DMT, you've got a whole bunch of things that make DMT. Mm-hmm. Um, psilocybin mushrooms yeah well my I mean it's quite it's similar in some ways to mushrooms it's about the same they're very different qualitatively but yeah. you, they're about on the same par and they're very people often can get them confused so I'm just wondering in terms of brain chemistry I mean my which would be similar yeah I mean my understanding of LSD because it's synthesised in a lab it is artificial it's not it's not natural yeah that that it kind of is it's it is its yeah. own thing. Yeah, yeah, it has that artificial... Um, yeah, well, it's artificial. So, but people have still reported sort of connections to nature, right? Which with mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms, so that on, makes sense. Less so but less so with L LSD. LSD. St still a lot. I, I don't want to misrepresent the LSD users listening, but more so with psilocybin. Mushrooms and, yeah. and anything natural, DMT and weed and ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. Anything grown. Cannabis. Cannabis, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially edible. In its okay. edible form, it's a psychedelic, isn't it? Uh, cannabis, yeah. Mm -hmm. As an edible. Ten times strength is a different compound, isn't it? I don't know about edibles. Yeah, it's a yeah. different compound uh, when soluble in fats, when cooked. Mm. I mean, you can just eat the plant and nothing will happen. Mm -hmm. You have to. It has to be soluble in fats. Yeah. So you can make butter. That's why they make popcorn. Or they make jelly sweets because it's all gelatin and fat yeah. and all that. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, it's a completely different compound. It's mm -hmm. like 10 times the strength. And people will hallucinate and hear things and see a connection mm -hmm. with others. The thing is with the, something like DMT, though, is it, it's immediate. Mm -hmm. And LSD, how, how quick is LSD? Well, yeah, well, DMT, you can come up in one to two minutes and the trip's over in seven minutes yet you've had the most profound seven minutes of your life which by the way felt like a lifetime during it what if it is what if it's like a sims game 
I don't know. I mean, you smoke DMT and then you go into this, and it's like The Sims, and someone. God, this is weird. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it could work, but I think the thing. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. No, I mean anything's possible with DMT. DMT is is completely different to the other hallucinogens. People people just categorize DMT in the same bracket as LSD, mescaline, psilocybin. DMT is um, just all psychedelics are kind of lumped together, right? DMT is tenfold more profound than any of the other hallucinogens. Just because of its strength. Yeah, if you break through through the doors of perception, you aren't you. The world isn't anything recognizable language becomes redundant and you're just exposed to well they say that dmt it's like opening up the portals of imagination and you visually get a glimpse into imagination some believe that's what moses smoked right the burning bush Mm -hmm. was the acacia tree which is rich in dmt Mm -hmm. which would be kind of cool if the whole I mean, it's completely then been ruined. But if the whole of Christianity is based on, it's not just Christianity that there's everything. Then there's yeah. a theory that all major religions are based on DMT some, experiences, some kind of God or nature experience, mm-hmm. and then written down and then translated and written mm-hmm. down and written down and written down over years and years and mm-hmm. years and sort of ruined. Yeah, but there's a lot. There's lots of things in the Bible that don't translate. There's loads of things that there's, if you took the ancient, the only way to read the Bible really would be to learn ancient Hebrew, and to then read it. No one's got time for that. But there's lots of things that it's, it's like uh, all the st- a, lot, a lot of the stories are mistranslated, so the meanings of certain words. And then of course, isn't it in Hebrew that words also have a numerical value? Okay, I I don't know. I think so. I think that's the thing. So if you're translating something, it may be a lesson about how one thing is more important than the other. So, like, knowledge plus whatever equals the same numerical value that power does. Right, something like okay. That. So, when it's translated into English, it's just knowledge and power, and yeah. you get power if you get knowledge. Okay. But you're missing you're missing maybe another aspect yeah. if you don't understand the numerical mm-hmm. value. I've heard something like that, but I don't know enough about that. To yeah. But it, it's I've even, already said too much. No, I mean, <laughs> it's even as simple as, um, for example, when I hear people who speak in Russian and when it's translated to English. Yeah, there's certain words. There's lots of German words we d- we don't have. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, even when it comes to translating languages and or Chinese, for example, um, it just, for example, translating a Russian sentence does not come out in any way looking like an English sentence. And vice versa as well. There's yeah. things that we have words for that don't really. I'm, I'm sure or we've got expressions. We've got expressions that mean something that that everyone in the world understands because when they learn English and hear it, they're like, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. We just don't have a word for that in whatever. Yeah. Yeah, French is a lot like that. Words have, and Chinese especially, you know, there's a word, but here it's like a whole sentence of what that means. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, things lost in translation. And when it's something as important as, you know, the idea of human existence which is, you know, what religions are and how to live your life, there's a lot that's probably missed in translation. Yeah. and, and A lot just missed out. And, you know, that's not the only problem, I'm sure. You know, fraudulence trying to rewrite history, you know, yeah. that, for me, that that would be something I'd be concerned about. History's written by whoever has a pen. Yeah. And... It's always written by the winner. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's also subject to human error as well. Yeah, that's a big problem. The bias in history. And some of that, you know, might explain coming back to LSD, sort of why we have why, for example, you know, no matter what you do to to convince your mum or that generation, they're going to have these hung up ideas about what weed is and what LSD does and all these things and what because it's been it's been ingrained. Like even now, you'll hear people say eggs are bad for you because mm-hmm. of the cholesterol, mm-hmm. and then they'll take statins, which are awful for your body. Whereas you can eat as many eggs as you want. There's nothing wrong with eggs. You can eat all cholesterol. Every hormone and every cell in your body is made of cholesterol. Um, The Daily Mail gives you cancer. Yes. It tells you everything gives you cancer. It tells you immigrants give you cancer. Yes. Yes. But, I mean, and things like, uh, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. No. It's not. It's not a meal. It was made up. It's only it, uh, breakfast was only around from the fifties, just before the fifties. I rarely eat breakfast. I don't eat breakfast. I can't. Like I, I just don't want food. I uh, I had a realization one day where I was like, "Wait, why am I eating three meals a day? Am I am I doing this because this is what I think I'm supposed to do?" Yeah. You can eat one meal a day. It's literally. I mean, who was it? Someone pro- tried to prove that it's literally caloric intake that determines whether you're gaining subcutaneous fat, so your body fat percentage. So you can eat pizza and crap all day. You won't feel great because of the sugar and all that stuff. You won't get the vitamins necessarily, mm-hmm. the nutrients you need. You won't feel very good, but you could only eat the calories you need in shit food and still not gain weight. It's literally I do that caloric intake. I do that a lot. So you can eat one meal. You can just eat one giant pizza a day. Eventually you'll get sick because of the vitamins. But, yeah, you wouldn't get fat. Yeah. You get sick, but not fat. I think the moral of the story is do your own research and don't listen to yeah. what other people say. Well, there's a... Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, with this internet age now, it's based on clicks and likes so it now actually literally pays to spread bullshit, which is the term fake news, which is was not a term until very recently. 2016. Yeah, fake news wasn't really a word. Yeah. Whereas it's probably going to be in the dictionary soon if it isn't already. Yeah. It, it was probably Trump, though, that really... Definitely. ...instigated... I start. I heard. I heard fake news before Trump was Trump, but Did he you? really made it. Okay, I didn't hear it. Made it what him. it is because before it was just you know clickbaity stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. this, this celebrity, see what they're doing now, mm-hmm. or whatever. Or you won't believe what Home Alone looks like now, and then yeah, you yeah. click and it's clickbaity yeah. stuff, and most of it's fake. But there used to be satire like the onion mm. which is just funny headlines and fake newspaper articles but they're obviously fake but the problem is now you're reading some stuff and you have no idea whether it's satire or not we we live in an age where yeah it's it's really hard to actually get to the truth and to the facts there was a sat- satirical like uh, feminism blog i think it was set up to be like an online magazine or something that was just ridiculous yeah. ridiculous headlines and ridiculous mm-hmm. stuff and then you know the actual climate got so ridiculous that it started to get taken seriously I can't remember I wish I could remember the name of it uh, but then they, they stopped 
they stopped the website because they're saying they they used another use it as an opportunity to jab feminism again. Yeah. But they the essential things were you know r- the real issues that people are moaning about have become so insane that we can't keep up anymore in satire. Like the reality is far funnier than anything we could ever make up, which is just insanity. Yeah, and they'd have satirical articles like beards are uh, sexist, stuff like that. Like, and then explain why beards are so part the, of the patriarchy. So kind of the argument that you guys are worrying about being politically correct when do you say about the climate? Is that what you said? Or did I miss like the climate right now? The political climate. Oh, so I thought you meant the global climate. No, no, but I mean, there's loads of news about that too. You don't. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to if you just. And there's the other thing is that we're all in a bubble. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, if you're a right-leaning person, you are, you're only going to get right-leaning news. Mm-hmm. I do my best to try and get a bit of everything to see what's actually going on because mm-hmm. the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I don't know if I can find a, a source that. That no one has a problem I think, with. I think for a lot of people as well, um, I think some of that getting involved in, you know, trivial kind of thing is, you know, also escapism from, yeah, maybe challenges and, and you know, some of the realities in, in terms of things that are coming out of the news. I think for a lot of people... Um, a lot of people are worried like about certain things and mm. it's understandable as well that you know some I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to say say it how I want to <laughs> um, yeah yeah it's just almost like a escapism sometimes that's what I find with with quite a lot of people that it's just too much like it's like oh you know so and so's happened. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, great, you know, just another week now. It's just, yeah. There's, a, you mean like in terms of the news stories? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the news moves really, really fast. Mm-hmm. It used to be a news cycle of a week, and that was obviously before we were born. But now, I mean, have you ever seen? Now I've been on the bus since my car broke down. I've been on the bus and the train, so I've seen the metro, the newspaper, and it's like old news and it's come out this today like that. but because they wrote it at, you know two in the morning and then printed it for the for the five the next day yeah it's old news yeah i've noticed old that stuff's too. already happened yeah. and the next day everything in that paper is now really really old and yeah. they've moved past it yeah even things that are really really important they're not talking about anymore mm-hmm. you know this russian nerve agent thing has been in the news for like four days now or something three mm-hmm. days four days that'll be gone really really soon that's only managed to do as long as it has. Or maybe it's been in a week, I don't know. And you, and you wonder with some of these stories that, you know, all this, you know, you get some, some stories get so much attention and then the next big story comes up and it's almost as if the, the debate for the previous story just, just gets ignored or just, yeah. uh, just disappears. Does it's Flint, really Michigan weird. have clean water yet? That was in the Obama administration. Mm. We're a year into Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Are we a year in or two years? One year. One year into Donald Trump. Yeah. Does Flint, Michigan have clean water yet? How quickly did the talk about guns and all of that go away? You know, like, the news cycle's really, really quick. And the news channels have to keep up. Their TV and paper is mm. losing mm. their share of the market. 
and they're losing their share of the market to digital forums because digital stuff can get and YouTube and everything can get all that information out far quicker than they can. Mm -hmm. So they need to maintain views because they're massive corporations. They can't fail. Like if you start a YouTube channel that, that just promotes some kind of news about edits, you can fail. You haven't got any massive overhead costs. It's just you and a channel. It's free. What you need is an email address. That's mm -hmm. free. Well, you don't pay money for it. Mm. You just pay your information. Mm -hmm. But these giant like CNN, Fox News, they need people to pay attention. They've got a lot of salaries they've got to pay for mm -hmm. because they're massive because they bloomed up in, in you know, times when you could buy newspapers and watch the news. And, that, and like you said, that's why clickbaiting is, is just such a thing. That's it. They need the money. Yeah. So that if you go on some of really like, if you go on CNN or you go on New York Times and you look at some of the ads and some of the, the other links to articles, they're all clickbaiting. Mm. All of them. And this is fucking New York Times. Mm. It's even like I was reading The Independent today and the, the headline on the science section was, you know, UFOs. I mean, I'm not going to sort of dabble into that subject too much, like, but it, again, it's like the headline for the science is UFOs. It's not it's not about, um, you know, genetics or, or climate change or yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's very much just trying to get your attention. No matter what it is, it's get your attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, we can complain about what Kim Kardashian does in that she's just a famous person. She, mm -hmm. We know her for being who she is. Mm -hmm. We just know her for being whatever. But on the other side, you know, you're going to cover her if you need clicks because people will click because mm -hmm. we want to know what she's doing. Yeah. Well, you know, she, if, she, if Beyonce has a baby, everyone's going to click. Mm-hmm. If a Kardashian has a baby, oh my god! Like, the internet goes crazy. It's on the news. Yeah, it shouldn't be on the news. Mm -hmm. It's not news. <laughs> it's news for the family. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, especially in the UK, it's whenever there's something with the royal family, it's always headline news. It's always yeah. the most dominant story. I was looking at like when if I'm in the queue for buying a shop or something, I can see the headlines of all the papers. Mm -hmm. Some of the papers are about the nerve toxin. Yeah. I, Admittedly, some of the more serious newspapers are about the nerve. Yeah. The, the Russians' involvement or what Putin has said or sure. whatever. The, Theresa May's ultimatum and all that stuff. Yeah. And then there's ones where the front page is Jeremy Car Jamie Carragher spitting out of his car. And then there's ones that are like, you know, this soap star who I don't even know. But that's reality TV stars having a baby. Or but that's why Brexit happened, because so many people consume in, into that kind of... Um, misinformation and, and um, yeah there was a lot of misinformation around Brexit but I don't know if it's misinformation or just that dumbing down kind of yeah there's a dumbing down and then there's also it needed to be dumbed down maybe even more we needed to be everyone needed a, a, a program mm -hmm. some sort of show that was this side and this side here is what it means. And we got debates. And when that happened, what happened is one person would stand up and say, this is what's going to happen if we leave. And the other person would get up and say the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. And then we're there to make a decision. Oh. Nothing nothing actually solved anything. We didn't get any answers. No one knows what's going to happen. No one knows what wouldn't have happened. What scared me was the debates going on in Sky News. I, I, I watched a few and I thought, 
my god you you're on this show talking about brexit and you haven't got a clue what you're talking about and i could i could sit on that show and and give a better account for my understanding of it than the people who are there representing yeah you know. the thing with brexit is anything that's like that that could damage the economy the people at the top are fine and the people at the very bottom are fine because nothing changes for either yeah. of those the people at the top still have all the power and all the whatever so they still get their share they still get their bonuses mm-hmm. they're too big to fail the people at the bottom still have nothing and won't be allowed out sure. of that because they're held down with other things so that doesn't change but the middle class is going to struggle mm-hmm. it's either going to struggle or it's going to succeed mm-hmm. we have no idea mm-hmm. because the, we've got two sides of people telling us the things and it gets worse because it's not even one party is saying it's going to go well and the other party is saying it's not going to go well within each party there are people saying it's going to go well and there's people saying it's not going to go well so you know if you're a conservative combined, you can't there's no one to believe combined with the era of fake news yeah we don't know what's going on yeah we don't know a fucking thing. It could be fantastic. It could be the best thing that's ever happened to Britain. It might be the worst. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it could, it could really, really suck. It could really damage the country. Oh, in uh, you know, I don't know enough personally about it, and that's what I mean. We need some sort of education, and I think that should have happened maybe before everyone voted on something that could yeah. potentially change the country. I. Based on on the EU's comments recently, though, I don't think it's looking good. What have, what have they said now? Well, they've they've said that UK's pl- plan is is not well thought out, almost like rushed, and it's no way near the expectations of anything negotiable for the EU. I heard a podcast with Nick Clegg on it. He's Sir Nick Clegg, which I didn't know, but yeah, he's Sir is Nick he? Clegg. I think so. Yeah. So and he was saying, um, don't know how he man- managed when, that one. When he was in, uh, well, he was an MP of Sheffield for God knows how long, right? Mm-hmm. But he was saying when he was in coalition with uh, David Cameron, sure. Uh, the only problem, the one problem that they had the the one department sorry that they had the most problems with that just couldn't make a decision, were utterly incapable of making any decision either way, was Theresa May's department, mm-hmm. the Home Office. And all of those people are now in the cabinet. Yeah, which is why he thinks it's the hapless government. It's and the worst conservative government he says oh, he's well, seen. You so, know, Boris Johnson's the the foreign secretary. Yeah, that's not a good example. We're not. Apparently, he he met a Russian minister the uh, yesterday or something, and the meeting lasts for five minutes. I don't trust Boris Johnson to deal with this nerve toxin thing. I don't trust him with anything to do with foreign relations or. or or diplomacy. I don't know him personally. His whole act, the way he is, the bumbling sort of buffoon mm-hmm. thing, the Eton kid, that might well be an act. And mm-hmm. behind closed doors, he's this, you know, sharp, whatever. You'd but, hope so. Uh, I hope so. I hope the whole bumbling fool thing is for comedy. Sure. And to be more popular, sure. I guess, so he can get a popular vote as well as the. And then he's behind closed doors, he's mm-hmm. amazing, and everyone behind closed doors knows he's amazing, mm-hmm. so he gets their votes too. I don't want him to just be an accident who somehow stumbled but into I, politics. But unfortunately, with Theresa May's government, I think, unfortunately, it looks like he is the, he's kind oh. of like the a symptom of that kind of government. I hope it works. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I hope Brexit's not fucked. But, it, but that's not, it's, a, it's a symptom of the rise of nationalism, Brexit. But Corbyn could be Prime Minister before Brexit even takes place. How would, how would that impact on Brexit? That's the thing, because doesn't he want to not have Brexit? But it's it's been voted for. And is it undemocratic to then not do what the people have said? Mm-hmm. Would it hold a second referendum, which would just fuck Europe about, and then they're going to be annoyed? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fucked. No, I don't. I don't know what's going on. And if I don't know what's going on, there's a massive, massive number of people that have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Like it's not. I, I haven't. I don't feel ignorant to say that. I haven't spoke to anyone who's very interested in politics who, honestly, can say that they have an idea what's going on. See, that's a bad thing. We should all know at least one person who knows what's going on sure. and they can explain it. But I don't know what's going on. If you don't know anyone that's going on that knows what's going on, then we're fucked. Yeah, but <laughs> there's a there's a there's a potential chance that even the Tory government don't know what what's going on. Which means you know the people won't should have thought about that. And it means that people everybody, the people that voted either way, didn't know what they were voting for. Anyone that voted Remain also didn't know what they were voting mm. for. If you didn't know, if you vote Leave, you, you don't know what you're voting for. Oh, there's, uh, there's just when it comes to things like Brexit, there's just thousands and thousands and thousands and of different debates and 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 issues uh, and regulations, and it, it just it's like trying to separate the yolk from an from an egg, you know? Yeah, it's too much. There's too many things. That depend on Europe. I mean, there's lots of laws we have from Europe that people are worried about: employment laws and you know, uh, food standards. Food standards. That's all European. Especially if, if the UK gets a, a US trade deal, there could be some potentially harmful. Yeah, I don't want this chicken. We don't. I don't want American chicken in this country. Or American eggs. Or eggs. It could go horribly wrong. I mean, their food, some of the food in America is, like, dangerously criminal. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff that's marketed to children is just waste products. Mm -hmm. The high fructose corn syrup and all that stuff, that's waste product. And, you know, if you can... If I produce something and then it has a byproduct, and if I can sell that byproduct for anything, it's all good. If I can sell it for pennies, Mm -hmm. it's all good. Mm -hmm. And that's what is in a lot of their food. Shit, mm-hmm. sugar, mm-hmm. glucose syrup, then fructose syrup, and all mm-hmm. this crap. Just yeah. sugar with more sugar. Yeah, they're they're um like they even their Coca Colas and stuff just have it's different like triple the amount of sugar or something mental. See, I've heard ours is sweeter. For Coke. No, I've I heard mean, ours has got more sugar. from what from what well from what I've heard anyway. We might have more sugar. Where is it? That's I think it's Cuba that's sweetened with cane sugar. Right. So it's more natural okay I guess somewhere somewhere has a different kind of sugar in mm-hmm. there but any refined sugar in anything is not good sure yeah uh, yeah there's lots of things the labour laws uh, you know statutory leave you know uh, pregnancy all that kind of stuff around having a kid mm-hmm. maternity leave paternity rights there were no paternity rights before Whereas now, obviously, you only get two weeks, which still sucks. But 
you get to share that six months mm. with either partner, which, you know, you could do three months each, which is something that's come from Europe. Like we're saying all this, and there could be a second re- referendum, UK could pull out of Brexit. Mm-mm. I'm not saying that's likely or, or unlikely. you know, they could go through with Brexit, but have all of those things written into UK law. Sure. It could be a case that everything that the European Union law-wise has that Britain agrees with and that the people want, they can... But this is a... Ma- it's got to be... Think about how long of a process that is. Does that mean we all need a referendum on every single fucking law that the EU has? Uh, when it comes to geopolitical changes, it's, you know, it's it's... These are tectonic plate movements when it comes to geopolitics like Brexit, you know, and these things sometimes can take decades to even for the effects to actually start showing. But um, but again, it could be the case where you and I could live our lives post Brexit five, six years down the line and, and our lives would be fairly... I'm just saying for us personally, our lives could be fairly... It might work. I don't know, like... don't know who's right, do we? Sure. Is it going to be a complete mess, which some people are saying, or is it going to be the best thing that's ever happened to Britain, which some people are saying? Mm-hmm. Time will tell. But uh, that's a risk, isn't it? To take. You know? Is it worth... Was the status quo that bad? That it's worth risking it possibly being shit? Mm. trade deals with Europe a lot of people do business across the border Mm -hmm. a lot of businesses depend on that European deal Mm -hmm. you know the second it happened I thought straight away of athletes so now for example basketball players will be competing with uh, Americans for an international license rather than a European one potentially depending on the rules FIBA Right. So FIBA's the world basketball governing body. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, what are they going to do? Is it then, you know, you're now no longer part of the European Union, no longer part of Europe? Mm. Or is it, you know, Europe as a continent, then you're okay to have this license? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's their decision. Yeah. But it's interesting. It then means... And then, obviously, the Brexiteers ones would... uh, their argument would be, well, then those, only the best British talent then could go abroad. And uh, the majority of those players would stay here and make our national leagues better. Mm-hmm. In theory. Mm-hmm. Or they would just stop playing because mm-hmm. you can't pay them. Mm-hmm. You can get more money mm-hmm. selling cars, working at Costa. You can get any job. You get Minimum wage, you get more money than, than a lot of athletes do in this country. Right. So what do you do? You t- you're taking the opportunity, or the only opportunity some people have of of making a living. Yeah. It's just a downer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So depressing. Yeah. What does it mean for drug laws? Does that mean we can break away from Europe and legalize cannabis? What if that was their plan all along and they just haven't told you? What if the Conservatives, that was their plan? It was like, it will all be fine, but not tell you that it will all be fine because they're going to legalise weed and be the world distribution. So, so every, everything else is going to shit, but 
They've legalised weed it so will people fix, can feel okay. But it will fix the economy. Look what happened in Denver. Mm. Isn't the UK... I read something that it might be fake news speaking about it, but the UK is the biggest supplier of medical marijuana in the world. We just can't use it. I've never even heard that. We grow it and ship it. Really? I'm sure I read that. I'm sure I've read that I know somewhere. there's obviously a massive industry for yeah. the production of it. It's produced here and then moved. Ah, interest, interesting. Very interesting. If that's the case, all you got to do we is fucking legalise it We have a here. very good climate for, for growing cannabis. To be fair, it, it grows anywhere. Yeah. It's got to be the easiest. It is a weed. That's why it's yeah. called weed. It yeah. will grow anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But, it will grow um, in all kinds of soil in any country. But yeah, go, going back to the how would Brexit affect psychedelics and obviously one one of the impacts Brexit potentially could have is on academic funding especially yeah. for topics like you know transpersonal you know psychedelics it might be harder for funding for those yeah, kind of things as a, we might have to specialise more in terms of what research comes out of this country so all the money is poured into perhaps whatever that is. I actually Medicine think or? developing greater research links with researchers in America because there's a, there is be useful. there is a massive psychedelic academic movement in America and in Canada. Yeah, there's maps and in Europe. Um, so the importance of having research links. But yeah, I again these are these are very uh, complicated questions. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. As as I said, I don't, I don't know, know about. I don't know law and regulations. Mm. You know, to the. Don't know enough about Brexit to know whether it's going to work or not. Sure. I just know that m- a lot of people are really sick of hearing about it, mm. and that can't be a good sign. People are sick of hearing about the news. Yeah. Waiting for plans, and then it turns into Twitter wars. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Brexiteers and Remainers. Or Ramonas, mm-hmm. they're being called, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's one for Brexiteers as well. I can't remember what that is. But yeah, there's people just... To the point where it's in people's bio. Their Twitter bio. Yeah. That is literally the sign of a troll. If they have something like that in their whatever. Sure. I actually think if a few years ago, before this whole Brexit thing... Um... There was obviously still some serious political issues going on, especially you know at the end of David Cameron's kind of running office. Um, but I think just bring it a bit closer. Yeah, I th- I think with with politics, like you said, it's almost this automatic just turning off when when politics starts coming. That's kind of the culture we've kind of entered. Where, mm. You know, I'd say about a year ago when you know Trump went into office. Brexit wasn't as far down the line. Politics was something very interesting to talk about, and you know, and now it's just people are just sick of these things, and there's just a general feeling of, ugh. <laughs> yeah, you know what I never hear anymore is you'll never guess what Trump said. Mm-hmm. I can never hear that anymore. It's never like, oh, did you hear what Donald Trump said? Yeah, because he says something so often. Well, I, re- I remember at a house party a year ago, and um, I never kept up with his tweeting when he first became president. And one of the um, one of my friends was like, "Oh, have you uh, have you seen what he's been tweeting?" I was like, "No." And I read. It, I was like, "What is it? 
is this a this is a parody account? He's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's the real one. And now it's just like, oh, Trump says that. Yeah, we knew that anyway. We knew he was going to say that. Yeah, of course he's he's supporting the Russians or whatever. It's just like, it's just yeah, <laughs> Obama got in shit when he wore a tan suit. Mm. <laughs> How the standards have changed. Yeah. That makes me worry about what happens what if, what after if, Trump. But what if what if Obama was attacking the em- the mainstream media? Yeah, can you imagine if he was saying, "I'm not talking to you, you fake news." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if the first black president would have been as unpresidential as Trump has been, God knows what the media would have said. The media would have done. But it, it wor- obviously it works for Trump because he's on the whole anti-establishment thing, and it just it just. But somehow he's the cons- he, conservatives love him. Mm-hmm. He's as you said the anti-establishment. He's not. He doesn't reflect what conservatives are. Mm-hmm. At least I what I thought conservatives I think, were. I think Ameri- American politics, both Democrats and, and conservatives, have. Uh, I think they they have lost the way, the American. The way part, of, the, of it's so much money, and, and yeah, it's the money in the parties, yeah. and it's really. I don't think it's any different here. Mm-hmm. It's just in America. It's it's painfully obvious. Sure. You know. If if you being able to run depends on how much money you have, mm-hmm. you're going to hold a special place in your heart if I give you millions, mm-hmm. if I give you donations, if I pay you stupid amounts of money to speak because you know I'm not paying to hear you speak. I'm giving you the money to help you, whatever. And, but what I'm really doing is I'm paying for influence. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just had to do an anti-bribery training and literally every question or every bit I'm learning, every slide I'm going through, I'm like, this is how politics mm. works. What the fuck? Yeah. You know, I can't accept donuts from <laughs> from someone well, in case they want to get a higher grade or something like that. Unfortunately, you know, the you know the whole thing with the NRA supporting the... Well, the Conservatives not backing down from the NRA. The NRA also supports the Democrats. Mm. Yeah. If you don't want a law change, just pay both parties. You're good. Mm-hmm. And here is not really any different. Mm-hmm. You know, the conservatives have people that work for them that will then leave and and sit on boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get paid in shares. Yeah, it's just a mess. Some total mindfuck. It's a total mess. Mm-hmm. You know what? Did Elon Musk said something about like three or four of his? Solar city farms would uh, be able to deal with all the energy. I think in the US, I think. Mm. I don't think it was the world. Well, yeah. It was and he can't afford to build four, which is why he hasn't. He's got one. Right. And he says, but four, which was like trillions or something like that, which the oil oligarchs wow. have. Trillions or something that would, all the power would be then off the grid. Everything would be perfectly fine. It would wow. all be sustainable. It's a corruption that, that obviously... It's too much money. Yeah. But it's short-term money yeah. to be made. That's the problem. If you stop all, like... Adver- it's kicking the can down the road. If you stop all marketing and advertisements in the US for one day, you can you can stop 
the poverty in Africa for like a whole week based on that money. Theoretically, obviously not. Maybe obviously not as practical. Yeah. But the top ten percent have the wealth to end world hunger four times over. Yeah, that's the statistic I think I read mm-hmm. the other day. Which means you know, if everyone gives a little bit, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really short-sighted. Is what it is. It's it's trying to get that car. Or trying to get that house or that boat or that island mm-hmm. or that jet and not thinking what am I doing to get that I'm eating resources and they're not unlimited mm-hmm. but then it just comes down to human ego the root of all human suffering I suppose but I mean we're not designed to think we're not designed to think about the future mm-hmm. we're trying to yeah fill our bellies now like we need stuff right now so you know it's against human nature to then think but let's leave a planet that's gonna work forever elon musk is talking about um sending humans to mars he's saying oh you know if resources and things you know shit hits the fan well we can it's like to even to even just say that that (laughs) You'd have you have to leave the planet. It's it's, but it's it's like. <laughs> but he's like Batman. He's one of those crazy genius guys. He just might be crazy enough to do it. You know, oh. like he makes me just want to watch. Like what what's he doing? Yeah, he's a. Uh... Can you imagine? Like he's building. He wants to build tunnels under LA that you strap your car into and it shoots you yeah, two hundred miles so... an hour. So you, there's no traffic in LA. Yeah. But like, imagine if if you just went to the council mm. and asked if you could build and if you could just dig under London, I'll be all right. I'm just going to build tunnels that shoot people 200 miles an hour. But he, he they think you were completely insane. But he's the guy. <laughs> Say if there was a potential um, AI apocalypse, he's the guy who who could save humanity. <laughs> yeah, or the guy that causes it. He's the guy that invents it, and then it's like, look what I did. Like ex machina, he's that guy. Yeah, he's that crazy genius. He's just a guy. He's not NASA. Mm-hmm. He's not propped up by the government, and yeah. he sent something into space. He's just a guy who's really clever, made lots of money, and he sent things into space. That's fucking crazy. He's Bruce Wayne. That's insane. Oh, like he's Tony Stark. That's what he is. It's but crazy. The, he's Tony Stark. But it's you know the the space rockets he's been sending the the technology behind those rockets. Is better than they, they than land, NASA. right? They don't break off and then that's it. Didn't they like land? I'm, I'm sure there has, I'm sure there has been failures. I'm sure I've read up on his failures. But the, but the things that launched, then had jets to land them. Right. Whereas NASA, they launch and break off. Yeah. And then they stay in the atmosphere. Yeah, there is definitely his thing lo- landed, right, or something like that. Which is nuts. If his technology is better than NASA, it's just fucking. From from, I mean, I, I believe he has a very high success rate for his for his launches. He is Tony Stark. This is mm. Stark Industries, Tesla, mm-hmm. or whatever is. I, I think I, it's called. He um. There was a town in Australia, and he he um. He committed to um provide. They were experiencing an energy short out, and he committed to sorting the energy problem in something like two weeks and he done it in like 10 10 days or something and he 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 whatever he done he 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 sorted out the whole energy for the whole town set up a sustainable self-sustainable sort of energy source and yeah incredible i don't think i i think 
the adjustment, the way humans will work, I think the adjustment will come just before it's really apparent it's going to be a problem. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I don't think that there's any sort of for. I think when it comes to humans are going to die, you're not going to be able to make any money, that's when a problem will be solved, I think. And that that that's kind of what humans are. We're reactive yeah. in, on the whole. When we can't, because the big the big problem isn't running out of fossil fuels or global warming. There's a problem before then, and that's the air we breathe. Mm-hmm. It's all there's already cities uh, around the world. Problems. Yeah, London's having problems at the minute. You know, Beijing has massive problems to the point where it's Athens. fashionable to wear masks. Yeah, Athens is green, like it's brown. Mm. It's a brownie green because when you go up to the the top, you can see the light and mm-hmm. then you can see down there is yeah. brown and green uh yeah so the problem is going to be you know our breath our breathing I, but i don't cities. i don't i think that that particular thing i i do i'm optimistic about because i do believe I think they'll that, solve it when it's bad yeah, yeah when it gets really really bad they'll solve it and it's the same i reckon with all the things yeah but the problem is is science telling you that it's going to get to an irreversible point and if science is telling you that climate change is going to get to an irreversible point you're then ignoring science uh, and discrediting science while mm-hmm. believing other parts of science mm-hmm. you know that's the that's the big thing with the social justice movement right mm-hmm. that, that they'll accept climate change science but they won't accept biology mm-hmm. or whatever whatever other science I've, that they if they dismiss anything I don't think there's a more complicated science than climate science when it comes to the amount of variables, you know, just just the atmosphere alone, um, I'm sure you can't even predict the the movement of molecules within the space of 24 hours. Even we can't even do that now mm. because it's there's too Trump many said variables. Trump's made up by China. Mm. Trump said, and he's not. He didn't invent that theory. Did by you, the way, did you see his interview with Piers Morgan where he talked about? Oh my God! Is it an old one? Well, it was. I think like the start of this year or something and he said he said well there's a there's a cooling and there's a warming and you know nah. he just uh, thinks it's in cycles i've heard that argument before yeah. that the earth cools and then it will warm and then it cools again and then it's just a cycle I whatever mean, we do to it doesn't only, really affect it the only thing i'd say i mean there's a lot of things obviously i don't agree with him and then there's a lot of times he's lied but when you're president of the united states surely you have act access to probably the most accurate yeah you've got access to some shit that we haven't for sure yeah like you can ask what area 51 was Mm -hmm. like you can find out some things yeah which is the argument as to why they look 50 years older when Mm -hmm. they're in there for eight years Mm -hmm. you look at before and after of obama it looks like it's been more than eight years but it hasn't it's just because the job the job like the stuff you know i don't even think it's the things you have to do on a daily basis it's the things that you know. Well, what would and you probably only know half of what's going on anyway. Sure. I mean, what would if I was the president of the United States and you go in into your National Security Council room? What whatever, would you ask? No, I was just going to say. Imagine if you have a live map of the whole world and you're just looking at it. That's everyone you know, everyone you've ever met, all your memories, every all your idea. You're looking at it in a in live time, and your decisions directly impact on. Everywhere in the drone in that strikes, world. all of that stuff. Even even just what comes out of your mouth. Yeah, 
your political views on Israel and Palestine, for example. Well, it, that was back when the president was presidential. So the colour of the suit he wore affected millions of people mm-hmm. and was in the news and started arguments and mm-hmm. complete insanity, mm-hmm. completely crazy. But it just it just shows that there shouldn't be one president. It should be a board mm. of representatives rather than just one individual. That there's that you know. But well, that's our idea, isn't it? That's supposed to be what we're doing with the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the idea? There's definitely that you more have of an that. education minister and you have a sure. transport minister, and that person deals with just yeah. that and their department. And then you have an overall head honcho who yeah. deals with managing the managers. Yeah. But America's different because they do have a king or queen, and yeah. that's the president. Yeah. They think they don't, but they do. <laughs> they really do have a monarchy. It's a good way of putting it, yeah. Because uh, they worship the presidency. Yeah. Not necessarily who the president is, but the presidency, they worship. Yeah. I mean, just by... Remember when Trump won, it was hashtag not my president? Mm-hmm. I've never put or heard or said or anything, heard anyone say, not my queen. We don't give a shit. I've never, you know, that's not my prime minister. It is though, isn't it? Because it's the country you live in. There's not not my president. They honestly revere that that job. I'd say a lot of UK people kind of disassociate themselves with with the monarchy and with... Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, with the monarchy for sure, yeah. Because it doesn't involve us. And with Downing Street. Yeah. Obviously, it, it obviously directly involves us, but there's still that disconnection well you feel as though it doesn't Mm -hmm. because whatever happens it feels the same and that could be a benefit that means that whatever does happen life's going to go on it's going to be okay isn't it I mean like when Trump won everyone was so thinking like it's the end of the world Mm -hmm. it's going to be alright it's fine what's he going to do sure and then it's you know piss off Korea and Russia or Mm -hmm. whatever but what what is he actually going to do mhm you still got to go to work. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put food on the table. That's that's it. Like, mm-hmm. It's not actually going to change anything, really. Sure. Could be worse. I could be not from this country. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, people who aren't from this country and then come here and work really, really hard because they've come from a country where they have nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They just work hard. They're not sure. They're not complaining. Health is wealth, Alex. Health is wealth. It's too much complaining. It's too much complaining. It's the uh, as they say the the snowflake generation. We have to be more like immigrants. We need that immigrant immigrant sort of mentality, sure. immigrant way of life. Yeah. Just get on with it. And that that growth mindset. Yeah. Perspective. Get on with it. What's the worst thing that's happened to you? Oh what, Sally took an extra five minutes of break Oh your day's ruined Fuck off, there's people who don't get breaks There's people who who have nothing People have to walk ten miles just to get a bucket of water For Water, And it's not clean Yeah. It's, and we can just turn a tap on Like we take those things for granted Yeah. You know like I, Most of the time when I pour a coffee I don't actually think about The people who had yeah. to do that Who had to genuinely like, well, To farm that And then to actually pick the, those The innocent civilians Who get caught up In the middle of a war Yeah Or the children The children who grow up In wars mm-hmm. So most of the Middle yeah. East All of those children Some of those children 
are the children of people that grew up in war. So there's two generations of just wars yeah. from the 90s because yeah. that would have been our age. Yeah. If our age there had kids, then that's it. That's yeah. every generation in war. They don't care about that. They're just coming in here and working and then when they do come here, they get a whole bunch of shit about coming and stealing our jobs or, you know, they're not integrating mm-hmm. or whatever. Come and speak, learn the language or I'm whatever. Gonna bring this go back, back or go psych- home and all sure. that stuff that gets said. Like. But I'm going to bring this back to psychedelics and there are just so many divisions in society and so many... But psychedelics just break down those divisions and just... You know, two people in a room, like you and me, mm. we're just two humans, you know, all humans have the same needs, security, comfort, yeah, love, food, water, sex. And you think they help us see see those things? Yeah, it breaks down the ego, it breaks down the bullshit, the complaining, the feeling sorry for yourself. You can do that without psychedelics though. Sure. But do, Yeah, I heard someone say they wanted to give Trump mushrooms for that reason, hmm. because mushrooms would make him see whatever they were talking about they were inexperienced but you could give Trump mushrooms and maybe he doesn't even have the intellectual capacity to to develop what some people oh he's definitely smart sure he's definitely a smart oh it's, he's it's a, Donald Trump he's a confidence man for sure he's a, sure he's a he's the you know the, the negotiator he definitely knows what he's doing he knows how to but what he is is he's an image mm-hmm. he always was he, he projects the image yeah. of a successful billionaire and someone who's not really the truth sure someone who achieved the american dream and you can you can follow suit yeah his name's on like 80 buildings and he owns five of them because he does licensing deals Mm -hmm. so if you approached kim kardashian with a fragrance Mm -hmm. and said this fragrance is going to be massive you know uh you get 10 percent of it because i'll put your name on it Mm -hmm. and she's like yes you're allowed to use my name yeah you pay me that ten percent, which yeah. is going to be millions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he d- he does that with businesses. He does that with buildings, and he's got them all over the world. Yeah, there's Trump towers everywhere that he doesn't own. Mm. Just have his name on, mm. because from the other side, you know, if you put Trump on it, it looks like it's a successful successful mm-hmm. business, and both get win win there. Yeah, he gets to look even more successful. You get to steal his success on the building yeah. and there's licensing deals that yeah. he's not that kind of billionaire that sure he's not a property developer he's not the Rockefellers he's mm-hmm. not building New York he's just putting his name on New York sure. but he's a great entre- entrepreneur he's, he's very good at giving this image of the billionaire mm-hmm. and so much so that people buy in and then anything that shows him to be otherwise is fake news mm-hmm. or he's just hating the president or is snowflake media and then the flip side, the there's snow so called snowflake media then maybe doesn't see anything positive he does. Mm-hmm. For example, like bringing North Korea to the to the table, you know, the the media completely most of it, CNN I I can't remember which one it is that despises him. It's either Fox or CNN. 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 Fox is his buddy. Oh yeah. And yeah. um Fox is a conservative one, CNN right, is the yeah. liberal one. And um but yeah, even even that received hatred and criticism, and it hasn't even <laughs> happened. It's just it's just this, you know, thing. Whatever he says, you know. I do wonder what would happen if he if he's the one to outlaw guns or stricter gun control. Mm-hmm. 
because there's people who live in Montana who need guns. Because there's bears. But if he sorts you know, out the gun control problem and negotiates with North Korea for some kind of deal, peace deal, then he could potentially be nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, I mean, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, he would. I wouldn't imagine myself saying that, that a year ago. He would love that. But that's what he wants. Oh no, he wants to be. He wants to be liked for sure. For sure, this is not a good. As a psychologist, it's not a good job for him mm-hmm. as a person. It's not a good job for for his sanity. Sure. Because he wants to be liked, and you know. He's got lots of celebrity friends that have to distance themselves from him now. But he's friends with a lot of people. He's been friends mm-hmm. with lots and lots of people. Because apparently he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. I've heard. Dana White is good friends with him. Yeah, it's it's weird. And all these people have to distance themselves. That's what partly makes me think this whole That's thing strange. is an act. Mm. The whole thing is just what he does with putting his name mm. on things. It could end up... He just wants to win and be liked and it's not working. Few years down the line, he could he could end up being the greatest president of the U.S. and everyone will be like, "Huh," and we thought he was gonna, you know, if he solves all the. That's crazy. But then again, he he could um, obviously be done for obstruction of justice. <laughs> yeah. So he could be. Out. Plus, who knows what would have happened if Hillary won? I. Probably just more of the same. Nothing crazy would have happened. Maybe. I think a more aggressive stance on Russia. Yeah. But she she was a warmonger. Mm. And she's not she was not a good she, candidate. Well, she hates Putin. She was not a good candidate for president. Mm. And it would have been great to have a first woman, but then maybe Jill Stein should have got more of a look than sure. Hillary Clinton because sure. she was awful. Hillary yeah. Clinton has killed people yeah. for sure. Clinton Foundation. Yeah. And then obviously there's the whole the we talk about money and politics and mm. the emails and Clinton Foundation has a even, turnover of billions. It's even like, things I've heard like how she treats people that she's worked with. She just treats everyone like a piece of shit and she, she has like a like a two personalities, one for the cameras and then oh, right. treats everyone like shit behind closed doors. That's not good. S- swears at people. <laughs> also, I mean you can't overlook her health. Mm. You know, shouldn't pass out standing up. Is it epilepsy or... Don't know what it is. She fell and hit her head, right? Since then she's been passing out. And yeah. I've seen a video and there's of there's Donald her. Trump speeded up to the gills just going about doing his yeah. thing on yeah. Adderall or whatever he's doing. Sure. <laughs> and he's fine. He's a 70-something-year-old man flying around and Hillary's nearly dying from mm-hmm. the same schedule. Mm-hmm. Her health, you know, we can't ignore that. You bang your head, you potentially are a different person. You can experience brain damage. Yeah. You experience brain damage from like nodding your head aggressively. Really? To music, yeah. Mm. See, it doesn't take much to damage your brain. We don't have the shock absorbers built in that animals do. And our heads are so big, you know, it's not like a baby's head. I've always heard jelly, um, brain is like the consistency of jelly and not of something actually of a solid kind of thing, but of, of like jelly. When it's alive? Yeah. Because it's kind of hard when it's dead. Right, yeah. But in its... But perhaps, yeah, while it's got blood flow. I've always heard it's like, it's like if you put your finger in it, it's like, you know, you put your finger in jelly and you just leave a hole. That's what... Maybe that's what what it is when it's got blood flow. It is kind of 
squishy. A lot of damage done to it. Yes. It's not good. She wasn't a good candidate. Mm. Bernie probably should have won. Yeah. But there's the whole DNC fixing that and mm. all of that stuff. It's so fucked. The benefit of Trump might be that we start to see that, maybe. That it's a bit fucked. I think that's so the silver lining. Whatever yeah, silver all presidents in the States from now on sort of have to be more open. Because we're going to demand that of them. Because we're in that open information age where yeah. the president can't lie about things. Well, you can't. they can lie about it, but then everyone else knows directly that it's straight out lies. Like, the truth... But that's what's the, amazing about Trump as a person, because he'll lie, and then he's called on the lie, and he goes, yeah, probably. Yeah. Or, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, well, he lied about his own inauguration. Yeah. And the guy was like, no, actually, um, Obama's was bigger. Mm -hmm. And then it was, okay, well, I'm the biggest conservative one, right? And he goes, no, uh, Reagan's was bigger. Okay, but you agree that I'm the president, right? Yes, Mr. President. Right, okay, then. And that was the end of the thing. That was the guy from the BBC. The power of charisma. Yeah, he's charismatic for sure. I'm not sure how. But he's really persuasive as a person. Yeah. He just knows how, how to He's very talk persuasive, to yeah. fucked <laughs> <laughs> so what's your what's i don't want to end on a downer what's your uh what's your first study about then um well i'll actually talk to you about the study that you're involved in mm. so we're carrying out uh dream esp experiments where we're basically getting a group of participants uh, five participants to record their dreams at night so they'll have a dream diary they wake up in the morning, write down everything they can remember from their dreams, which Alex is one of the participants. And we get them into uh, the laboratory the morning after. We'll be doing a trial tomorrow. And on the computer, I've set four target images. So there's a ran four randomly generated images. Could be anything. Could be someone riding a bicycle or birds, flock of birds or a lake, whatever. And the computer predetermines which one of those images is the target image. So that's decided at 4 a.m. When the participants come in, we um, get them to read out their dream di uh, diaries. We then watch the four clips, and they have to guess which one the computer um, uh, set. And this is a test of e ESP. So we're, we're trying to see if we can access access that information somehow yeah. in our dreams. I Whether guess. that's through precognition or uh, clairaudience or, or clairsentience. Um, yeah, that's what we're testing and um, it's going to be quite a fun experiment. Yeah, see if it works. <laughs> yeah. See if we can access anything or just randomly have dreams. And if not, no dreams. it would just be fun just sharing our dreams anyway. Yeah, it's not so fun getting up. <laughs> <laughs> getting up that early to write stuff down. Yeah. Especially if you get up and you're like, I don't have a dream. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And you said you got ethics for your first. Well, yeah. I d I d well, you're, you're looking to get ethics soon. I got initial approval, but there's changes I have to make to get full, full ethics approval. Okay. So it's just things like being a bit more specific on the drug laws and, and um, 
converting my questionnaire to Bristol Online, which I'll speak to you after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, Chris mentioned actually that you you might want to talk to me about how to arrange that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll show you. It's pretty Quite simple. It's pretty easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a bit fiddly. Yeah, but it's all right. You can yeah. do it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for coming on, man. We did an hour and a half. Oh, brilliant. That flew. All good, man. Um, episode whatever it is. I thought that was quite a uh, well thought out podcast. I said lots of things that weren't well thought out. That's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did too, but that's the way these conversations go. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks <laughs> no, for it's been it. fun. Cool. Yeah, it was good.